When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Blakey's Boot Room, the number one Cardiff City podcast. Brought to you by Wales Online. Hello and welcome to a Blakey's Boot Room special from Wales Online. It's your Cardiff City podcast, of course. I'm Dominic Booth. I'm joined by Ian Mitchell-Moore. Well welcome. How welcome. are you doing? Welcome to you, Ian. I'm trying to keep the tone a little bit up. We've just come back. It's Wednesday afternoon. We've just come back from Derby after last night's, or Tuesday night's 3-1 defeat, should I say. Um, we're going to pick the bones out of it. No Blakey in the studio today, but we're going to get him on the phone later to see what the big man made of it all. But let's, of course, start with what happened at Pride Park and... Cardiff's second half demise really Ian it was a tale of individual errors more than anything else wasn't it it really was it was a very miserable second half and you know you think according to the plan everything had gone to script you know Cardiff weren't really threatening in that first half and Callum Patson pops up with an absolute stunner that volley from Joe Bennett's cross I mean it just came out of the blue and the away support you know went ballistic in the away end and you know that they were fantastic all through the night even before the game and after Cardiff fans were outstanding and so were the Derby fans as well fair play to them but Cardiff, they weren't much of a threat, were they? And I think that was a big concern. And for about a quarter of an hour in the second half, you could see Derby were really getting on top. And perhaps with hindsight, obviously it's always easy to say with hindsight, but Warnock should have made his changes a bit sooner. Uh, he brought on Ken Zahor for Medine, which I think everyone agreed with. Obviously, Medine had a tough night. I think he did as good a job as he could have in that first half, holding up the ball and winning headers. But... He was a bit isolated and, like you say, he just didn't offer a goal threat, did he? But in fairness, neither did Cardiff. So, uh, such a bad second half. And, you know, Derby, to their credit, I thought were were excellent in that second half. The substitutions, on the other hand, that Gary Rowett made, you know, bringing on Vidra, which is a great substitution to be able to make. Um, he, he, was, he was excellent when he came on, scored a, a goal from another mistake. But, like you say, all three goals came from catastrophic defensive errors. They, they were really big blunders for each one so hugely disappointing on what was a rare poor defensive showing from Cardiff because they haven't been doing that you know even where's that come from do you think we haven't we haven't seen such individual errors you know Etheridge and Gunnison get themselves Mm. an awful tangle for the first one Morrison I think for for both Jerome's goals was was out muscled and out maybe caught not concentrating the second goal was just an absolute mm. catastrophe from Yannick Wilshot. Probably less said about him, the better at the moment. But where's it come from? We haven't seen Cardiff do this. That's the thing. Even when they lost the games to Villa, 1-0. Wolves, 1-0. You know, the teams aren't beating them comfortably this season. They always stay in games, don't they? And to be fair, like you know, last night, they were. it was only 2-1. And was it the 82nd minute? So, you know, errors is different. Which They haven't been making those errors this season, by and large. You know, I mean... Was it the only other two games? I think it was Preston when they won three 0 in September, and Fulham on Boxing Day where it was four two. That I think that's the only two times they've lost by two or more in the league, isn't it? So yeah. it, was, it, was, it was just those areas have come at the worst Bolton, possible time. Or Bolton, of course, yeah. When Medine scored, <laughs> yeah. Well, but, but I think that's the only 
memory Cardiff fans are going to have of him scoring because uh, he just doesn't look like he's going to be anywhere near the net at the moment. I mean, we were discussing this on the journey on the way home, weren't we, where the only chance I remember him having was that penalty against Wolves. Other than that, do you remember him well, testing it, an opposition goalkeeper in a Cardiff shirt? He's just clearly short of confidence, no matter what Neil Warnock said. Yeah. Warnock's been keen to defend him, and why wouldn't he pay £5 million for Medin? But for me, the decision to start Medin over Zahor at Pride Park was flawed. I, I, didn't, I didn't see... I said to you when the teams were announced, why is Jamie Ward and Guy Medin playing? You know... Fair enough, Mendes Lang didn't play that well against Forrest. But Mendes Lang as a whole, at this time of the season, they've done it, they've done the business all the way up to this point. You would have thought that they would be trusted for a game such as this. And Medina and Ward um, didn't really have much sight of goal, did they? Yeah, I mean, we mentioned there were four changes, weren't there? We expected Bamba to come back in and Patterson, obviously, with Bryson being uh, unavailable to play against Derby. So we expected those, but, you know, there was a bit of a surprise, but... Remember at Norwich as well, he did the same thing in bringing Gary Medine and softening up the defence, as he put it, which to an extent you could say could have happened last night because when he went off, they were winning. They were 1-0 up and he got a great reception from the Cardiff fans, didn't he, Gary Medine? And so while he wasn't a threat, it was still there for Cardiff to see out the game, but they were under the cosh at that moment and, like you say, it comes down to those catastrophic errors in the end you're probably right errors more than selection yeah but cause the defeat but fans are starting to, to look for reasons at why Cardiff would lose by two goals like you say hasn't happened very often and they look at the selection and maybe the, the subs like Wiltshut having a poor night and, and they see that yeah potentially coming back to that, that selection debate I, to an extent like I said I can understand Medine, the Medine one because you know a game in midweek and they're playing again against Hull on the weekend so you know, with hindsight, again, should he have started Zahor because he's the better striker, he's the more goal threat? Probably you'd say yes, but I understand his reasoning for starting Medine, but it is the Jamie Ward one that's baffling because he brought on Yannick Wiltshire against Forrest at the weekend and he had a really good 20-minute cameo, I thought, whatever it was. Yeah. Mendes Lang was off the boil, and but before that, Mendes Lang's been in good form. You know, Villa away, he was excellent and he sort of looked like he was getting back to his best again after a difficult sort of January, February, or the Christmas period particularly, so... But that, that, that's the one for me where I think he got it wrong last night. You know, Jamie Ward, it, you know, he's not been playing and it's all well and good giving him a, a chance, but with three games left to go, is that the right time to be giving him a chance? Given what happened, you'd probably say no. And is it the style rather than the selections that is causing the most worry for Cardiff fans at the moment? I, I'd say I totally agree with that because when was the last time you watched Cardiff and thought that was a really good performance? Not, not result, because the results have been excellent. Bottom line is as long as you win your games, but... When did you last look and think Cardiff played really well? I think the Brentford game. Brentford away, the 3-1 win. I yeah. mean, there's been there's been spells here and there. I actually thought in the first half at Derby, it was almost back to classic Cardiff at times. Yeah. They were grinding it out and they just, they they were clinical, took their chance when it came mm. and they defended well. But that just eluded them completely in the second half. Yeah. So you, you can only say that the Brentford game, when they really surged back into the game, played classic, direct, counter-attacking, but also slick football. That was the last time that it really happened, and as it as it maybe to bring it back to you, Ian, has it maybe been the tension of the promotion race and trying to clinch second that's maybe got into people's heads, and it's gone to be a more attritional style? It could well be. I mean, you know, that's something that only the players can answer. Even Warnock can't answer that because he always plays it down, which he should do, and he's he's a master of that, isn't he? You know, bigging up the players, trying to keep their confidence high, particularly the likes of Medina who have had such a tough time, and it's just not gone for him. So, you know, like you say, certain players haven't been in this position, have they, in that squad? So it could well be it's crunch time. Fulham just 
don't look like stopping, do they? You know, 22 games is a remarkable run to be unbeaten, and they've got two fixtures where Sunderland at home, you can only see them winning that routinely, and then Birmingham away potentially. Nil, if... Abbo said that for London. <laughs> Yeah, um, maybe not he, as many as that, but I know what he's coming well, from. Even Warnock said after the uh, the derby game, he would give yeah. Sunderland no chance of, of getting a result. And you don't, you don't do it. So, you know, you're looking now at Cardiff. Can they bounce back against Hull, which is going to be a tricky one because they they can score goals from anywhere. And, and then Reading at home could be fighting for their lives. You know, I, I must admit, I backed them against Reading at home. Hull, yeah, yeah, Hull. Absolutely. It's a tricky one. It's a really tough one to call. So. The onus is on them. The bottom line is, even with all of this, you know, the, the fallout from the derby game, it's still in their own hands. Two games to go. They win them both. They're up. And Warnock was keen to say that at the, at the end. You know, if back on July the fifth, when Cardiff began their pre-season campaign, if someone had offered him two wins to clinch automatic promotion in the last two games, he'd have snapped the hand off. Yeah. And as as much of a cliche and trite as that sounded, he's absolutely right. And Cardiff <clears throat> deserve to be where they are. Just before we. Give uh, give Nathan a ring. Let's talk about one issue that the fans are talking about on social media, and that's the position of Aaron Gunnison. It's difficult to to give Gunnison too much stick. I feel as a the longest serving player, stalwart, you know, bordering on club legend. Mm. But it, we haven't seen vintage Gunnison since his return from injury, um, and I don't think he, his performance at Derby was anything was much to write home about either. What? what what have you made of that? And are these calls for Gunnison to be dropped ahead of two huge games? Are they misplaced? Yeah, I mean, I understand a lot of concerns because you know that he came back in. Was it at Burton? He came on as a sub, and it looked like he'd never been away. But I mean, the game was sealed, and you know, it was a job off the bench for like 20, 25 minutes. He did so. You can only judge him more on the the games that he started, which Cardiff as a team weren't at their best. So I think there's got to be a bit of. Um, I don't think you can go too gung-ho on the criticism on him for that because it was the team performance. They weren't particularly great in some of those games. Not not Villa, I thought they were good in patches there. Wolves, you know, they had spells where they could have done stuff, but on the whole, Wolves were the better side. Well, Lewis so, Cochran on Twitter says, Gunnarsson needs to be dropped, replaced with Marco. Simple. Well, I'm a big fan of Marco Grujic. I think he's done very well since he's come in. and We were discussing this as well on the, on the way home from Derby, weren't we? We were saying Cardiff fans will never see the best of him. A bit like the you know Aaron Ramsey's when he was at Cardiff, and because he's so young and he's he's going to learn his trade in the Championship, and he could go on to be a very good player in a couple of years. But at the moment, he's still learning, and I, I still think he's a very good player, Grujic. And Cardiff is it only two games they've lost with him in the team, and they've won eight or nine? Is it? I can't. Was it nine? I they, think they won that eight game streak. They've with, won, with they've won eight and lost two with him in the team, which is an incredible record. But whether that was him no, or the exactly. form of the team at the time yeah. is a different point, I think. Exactly. So coming back to that Gunnison debate, I mean, you've got to remember that he had such a long time out with injuries as well. Was it October? He came back in November, suffered a recurrence, and we didn't see him for well, best part of four months. Was not three and a bit months. So he does he does need a bit of time. But he's had that amount of games I was at five or six he's had since being back so he's not become a bad player has he no of course he hasn't but it comes back to that debate of Cardiff haven't been playing how we saw them play in August where they use that pace and power of the front three Hoyle at Zorro and Mendes Lang they've gone a lot more direct in recent weeks and it just it hasn't suited them has it has that been Medine or is, is that just Warnock adapting his style for the for the crunch games uh, I wouldn't say it was Medine because because like playing say, him up front does does require a slightly different style to Zahor, doesn't it? Yeah, because you know you can pump the ball over the top and Zahor will run on 
to the end of those all day long, won't he? And we saw it on Saturday against Forest when Wilshire came on and he played the ball long two or three times and Zahor was on the end of them straight away and he looked a real threat in that last 20 minutes, didn't he, Zahor? So, um, obviously, we didn't see that at Derby, did we? But he didn't get much chance, Zahor, at the top end of the pitch because uh, all the errors being made at the back, weren't they? Well, exactly. And you say, Card, it's still in Carter's hands, one point ahead with two games to go. Before we get the views on the promotion pitch and the remaining games of the season, let's give Nathan Blake a quick call, see what he made of events at Pride Park. I'm sure he'll be saying keep the faith, but let's give Nathan a, a, a ring and see what he made of the defeat and how the promotion picture will look for the end of the season. So, uh, Nathan, you were at the game last night. Obviously, huge disappointment, but is it about keeping the faith now? It's so unlike Cardiff. Those errors, weren't they? It, 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 it was unlike Cardiff. You know, I, I thought the pattern of the first half was Derby started the better than Cardiff, you know, popped up with a goal. Um, and I thought the second half was largely the same. It was, you know, Derby were in the ascendancy and then Cardiff popped up with a great opportunity to make it 2-0. And I think that, that at that point, it killed the game. But uh, it wasn't to beat. And uh, Derby in the end were, were deserved winners, but uh, yeah, listen, they, they've got to go and beat Hull and uh, Reading, and you know, um, you know, the pressure's been on on many a time this occasion, and they've, they've, they've lived up to it and been able to handle the pressure. But uh, you know, if they go and win it two games, it doesn't matter what the team behind us do. So they know what they've got to do is in their hands. They just got to go and uh, and do it. It's 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 about mental now. It's about mental character. It's not not so much about how you play, performance or anything like that. It's about just going and and getting two wins. However they come, if they come with beautiful football, if they come with direct football, if they come gritting your teeth and digging in, uh, you know, for an hour, whatever. Well, however it comes, they've just got to um, they've just got to make sure they get maximum points from the last two games. Yeah, I was speaking with Ian, just saying, you know, the, the style seems to have eluded Cardiff, that swashbuckling and a counter-attacking style seems to have eluded them. Do you think that's just because of the tension of the of how important these games are and the promotion race? I think so, but I also think, I mean, it, like I said on the boom last week, Tom, pressure does strange things to people. And, uh, you know, that's what I say, it's not about performance now. It, well, it's about you going out performing at your best, but... You know, your mind controls your body, not the other way around. So it is about how you can handle it mentally and whether you can go out and perform to your best. I saw last night, you know, we had um, 
probably five or six players who didn't, who were a little under the weather, didn't play up to their, you know, or near their maximum, if not their total maximum. Yeah. Which I thought, yeah, you know, cost us in the long run. But uh, this is not a time for players to be, you know, dipping in form or going missing. You know, basically they've all got to come to the forefront and, uh, you know, it's, it, there's no escaping it. So you may as well enhance it and embrace it and, you know, believe what you're doing, believe in what, you know, strategies you're trying to take and go out and deliver it as simple as that. And staying positive as well, I guess. I mean, were you surprised when Zahor and Mendes Lang went in the starting team against Derby? I was, yeah, I was, I was, I was, um, I was surprised, yeah, I was surprised to see Ward in there, um, but equally I was surprised to see Cameron Jerome in for Vidra, and I, you know, I did say on Derby TV, you know, Rowett's probably thinking, you know, ex-Cardiff player might get a goal, you know, hasn't been pro- prolific for a long while, but he was right, wasn't he? It works well, that's the way it works sometimes, and yeah, it proved to be the case, but Neil Warnock was probably thinking very similar with Ward. You know, old club, maybe pull out a worldie or something like that, or pull out something different. And um, it just, it fell one side of the coin and not the other, basically. And, uh, you know, I would have I I liked to see Mendes Lang get on, because I thought the game was perfect for him. Yeah. I thought there was a lot of opportunities where Cardiff broke, but they didn't quite have that pace to get away from uh, Derby's defence even when Zahor came on absolutely you know, yeah. struggled a bit to get away from um, Zahor then struggled to get into the flow of the game and I saw someone as raw and just just out and out raw pace of Mendes Lang was gonna would have would have maybe changed that game or you know put the balance in Carter's favour a bit more He'll go but, back to that tried and trusted now, won't he? For for the whole game and for the Reading game, he'll have to go back to the the front three that we, we've I seen. Mean, I don't know, Dom. There's no have to. That's what I'm saying. You know, we we've said all season. You know, he's got away with uh, being able to change two or three players on every game. So, you know, what is the best eleven? What is the trusted uh, eleven? We don't know. I mean, is uh, it about characters now? Do you think? Yeah, that's what it's all about now. And he'll know who, I think it'll be who he thinks can handle the pressure, you know, more than others. Yeah. uh, Last night, like I thought, there should have been, I thought the first incident in the box was a penalty for Cardiff. Yeah. The second where, I'm not sure it was, it was on the line who missed it. I didn't think that was a penalty. And then there was a uh, blatant shove in the back of Pilkington. I thought that was a disgraceful. Yeah, Warner was unhappy thought, about that uh, one. Yeah, I thought the referee was a joke, really. I, I, he pulled out two yellow cards for first first real fouls for, I think it was, um, Rowles and Patterson. Yeah. And then let others go on the other side. And I just, you know, Bennett deserved his yellow card. But, you know, I just thought it was, I thought the referee, he's almost intimidated, uh, I thought. I need to say it. Um, I'm not blaming him for the defeat, but, He's part of the reason why I think, on top of not performing at our best, and the individual uh, errors as well. Yeah, nothing just went from. I just thought, I thought there was some some uh, average performances last night, the referee included. So uh, looking ahead to Hull, then, what do you think will happen? Will it be a classic Cardiff response like we've seen so often this season? And and how will how will it go? 
No, they didn't get the ball on the, on the floor and, and use the speed. couple as each other really aren't they absolutely, absolutely. take it you take absolutely. it together and uh, but what what about absolutely. what about the game to come on, on Friday night the, the, we assume Fulham are going to beat Sunderland as a player Cardiff going to play after that uh, if they are two points behind is, is that going to have a, a psychological impact well, listen, mate, it's, it's been a game of tennis for the last two months yeah relishing that though weren't they Amazing that it has boiled down to this this stage in the season. Quickly then, before well, I let you go, Nath, predictions for for both Fulham, Sunderland, and Cardiff Hall. Uh, well, I, I can't see Sunderland get anything against uh, 
Really? Maybe because the pressure's off. But the way Fulham play, how you know skillful their boys are, how well they're playing, how much form they're in, what Fulham score, if they score, that could end up three or four, five nil. You know? Yeah. Uh, so I, I predict Fulham winning comfortably against Sunderland, maybe four, four one, four nil, um, and then Cardiff against home. It is a really tight, tight affair. I say, you know, Cardiff need to come out of the day with the starting job, the starting position is like one nil. Anything plus, any, any, any more goals than that is a bonus. But yeah, I'm gonna go for Cardiff to go shut up shop and I get Nick that one on the counter attack. So I'm gonna go one nil. We hope so, mate. We hope so. Well, uh, we'll, we'll, you'll be back on the boot room to discuss whatever happens and, and preview the, the season's finale. should be really exciting. Thanks for that, Nathan. Cheers, Dom. So, Nathan, obviously, faith in Cardiff and Warnock to, to to get the job done at the end of the season. Let's look at Hull first, and then we'll talk a bit about Fulham's games and we'll talk about the Reading game as well. But what about... Hull. They're really, they're really strange sort of team, an inconsistent team, free scoring at times. They've had some incredible results and have got safe under Nigel Adkins. It was a game that I a few months ago that I marked as as tough for Cardiff even back then. It was a, lot, a long trip away and it looks even tougher now, doesn't it? Yeah, it is a tricky trip. You know, but they were Premier League side not too long ago was the last season. So mind you, so was Sunderland. Well, yeah, okay, <laughs> good answer. Um, but at the same time, you know, got, you know, Harry Wilson's gone there from Liverpool and he's done a great job and they're scoring goals for fun aren't they but I think where Cardiff can exploit them is if they are playing that direct style maybe not so much but if they go at them on the deck with pace Hoyle up with his trickery Mendes Lang if he comes back in the squad I think that's where they can really hurt them because at the back they are shaky aren't they they can see a lot of goals and that's why they're in the predicament they have been this season you know, credit to Nigel Adkins he's, he's kept them safe so the pressure's off them for the rest of the season now so it's going to be an interesting one. You, you can't. You, th- you expect it to be a very open game, which normally with Cardiff you wouldn't say that, especially in a run-in. You're like Wolves, Villa. They were so tight those games, weren't they? Um, Sheffield United at Bramall Lane is you know, it was poor Cardiff display, but they hung on in there and got a, a draw at the death with that Pilkington goal. So you think it's going to be a lot more open at Hull. Like I say, Derby was quite open at times. It was end to end, particularly in that second half. Um, so it's as long as they can take their chances and keep it tight at the back. It'll, get rid of those mistakes which in fairness it was a one-off they've not been making those mistakes this season you've got to give the defence credit for that um, so you'd like to just think you know Warnock said it himself in the post-match presser at Pride Park didn't he? he's not going to be too downbeat about those mistakes not going to panic they were, is he? no they were one-offs you know you've got to give them credit on the whole mistakes haven't cost them this season it's just been brilliance of other teams or maybe decisions here and there or whatever so I expect a really open game against Hull and if, if, if Cardiff can be tight at the back back to how we've seen them for the bulk of this season I think they'll be okay I wonder if this is a salient point to make and I, I did make it on the way back from Derby and I'll, I'll repeat it on air Cardiff got rid of Lee Tomlin and Omar Bogle in January and in those two players they had what you might call a plan B and they actually used it against Hull in the home game earlier in the season I think both players started from memory um, and Bogle's pace coupled with Tomlin's ability to play the through ball, the reverse pass, the bit of trickery to unlock a defence, that was a second option for Cardiff. They didn't use it as their main plan of attack because that was the horn, the two wingers and the counter-attacking. 
But now they, they do look sort of shorn of an effective plan B, and those two players brought that not not on the club well on the club's books, but not in the squad at the moment. Is that is that damaging them at all? Well, it is an interesting one because I think quite a lot of people were surprised in January when Bogle was allowed to leave. But obviously, it was so late. It obviously, hinged on that Medine deal going through. You've got to remember, Gary Medine scored ten goals for Bolton in the first half of the season. You're in a team that are, they were you know in the relegation zone for the bulk of that time he was there, and I think they climbed out around about when he left. So, you is can, that a coincidence? <laughs> well, it's you know. That, that there's a reason they paid five million for whatever reason it just has not worked for him at Cardiff. It, he's he's had it's, it's been torrid. There's there's no other way to describe it, is there? I think it's, you can't like him. You can't have a go at him for lack of trying. I think he's he's tried really hard, and that was shown at Derby. Yeah. But in Bogle, you had a bit of raw pace. Someone who can maybe stretch a game, twenty thirty minutes from the end. And I don't think Cardiff really have the option because you have to start as a whore now don't you that's the problem yeah that's the thing but obviously with losing Danny Ward in the uh, first week of December wasn't yeah. it after you know, uh, early then so they knew he was going to be out for the season so it was something that they had to address but like you say they had Pilkington as well which I probably thought Warnock as much as he doesn't use him regularly he still probably feels he's a better option than an Omar Bogle who is very inexperienced you know he scored 3-3 three and three, didn't he but you saw the red mist at Bristol and you know there was there's raw talent there. You can see that there was a talent, and it's just whether he was able to trust him as a, a second striker and not sign somebody like Medine or whoever it may have been. You know, if he was linked with Graben and some other players in January, but could he trust him to be a, a number two? If anything happens as a whore, would he have left himself short with just Bogle as an option, knowing that Danny Ward was out as well? So, and Tomlin, Tomlin's another interesting one. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing with him is you almost question why he came in the first place if he wasn't going to get much game time because he's different to what Cardiff have in their squad, isn't he? Completely. It's, there's no other player like him in that squad in terms of what he brings and what he can do. Completely different set of skills to someone like Patterson who's been playing in the number 10 role mm. recently. But we've seen Tomlin turn it on for Forrest and I think he got a goal and assist against Barnsley on Tuesday night. They've scored yeah. three or four now since going there, which yeah. it didn't happen at Cardiff. It seems to work well for him. I mean, he's... Close relationship with them. I took Karanka from his time at Middlesbrough as well, so these just seem to be a good match for each other, not just the club but the manager and player as well. So that can obviously help him. So yeah, it's an interesting one, but I must admit, I just you look at the players that Warnock has in the team, particularly further up the pitch. It's all about effort, energy, Speed. constant. You know, the Tyler. Look at the the, the shift that Hoyler particularly puts in in defence and attack. Patterson, you know, they get about the pitch. It's ridiculous and. That's something that Tomlin couldn't deliver. Now, do you sacrifice that for the skill he brings at you know the top end of the pitch? Well, clearly Warnock didn't feel that he could take that gamble, and that's probably why he's been allowed to leave. It says probably a lot about that decision from Warnock that we're only really starting to question it now, after a, a string of eight wins, thirteen games unbeaten, and whatever it was in in February and March. So, probably have to give Warnock the benefit of the doubt, even if Cardiff do drop into the playoffs. Of course you do. Well, like I say, bottom line is if they finish in the top six, have they overachieved? probably say yes absolutely given the way some of the other clubs have spent as well and some of the, the squads you look at around the squads of the teams in below Cardiff and you just think how on earth are they not I know. home and hosed but even Fulham I mean if they hadn't had such a bad start you'd feel that they, they'd be home and dry by now but like you say that Cardiff have just plugged away and they can grind out results where at the start of the season we saw them it was more swashbuckling style where they ripped you know Aston Villa at home they ripped them to shreds there were games like that and Leeds home and away. Yeah, exactly. And we just haven't seen that in the last couple of weeks, have we? So, 
It won't be like that at Hull, I don't think, as well. I was, I was going to ask you for uh, thoughts on the Reading game, and then we'll quickly go back to Hull and have a quick prediction. What about what about Reading and the prospect of play, uh, playing against a former Swansea manager in Paul Clement? Yeah, well, it could depend on what they need, but you, I think it would suit Cardiff if Reading was safe this weekend, ahead of the, the final weekend. You know, if, if Reading come to Cardiff needing a point, well, we saw how Paul Clement was with uh, during his time at Swansea, the rivals, he was... You were very bearing in mind he had a, a weak squad there at the time. He had a couple of key players to drag him out of the mire in the end, in uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson and Fernando Llorente. But he was very defensive minded. But on occasions it did work well. He was the the manager when they went to Tottenham at Wembley and they got a nil nil draw. And he's capable of doing that as a manager. And you look at Reading; they've had a tough season. Yapstam getting sacked, so it shows you how tough it's been for them. So if if they come to Cardiff needing a draw. He's he's the kind of man that you'd want there to do that, and I think it could be a really tough test for Cardiff to break them down. Given that in recent games they're not making as many chances as they have been this yeah, season. Yeah, I think you'd you'd have to mark the Reading game down as a, a probable Cardiff win, but it's just whether they uh, mm. whether a win will be enough by that point. They need need to get a result at Hull to, to ensure that. Yeah, I mean, given what even that, what I've said, I still think Cardiff got a home record is unbelievable the fans will be bounced it'll be, it should be a sellout or if not close to Definitely. on that last day so I still back Cardiff to win that I think they've got enough quality in their ranks it just all depends on what happens the week before doesn't it that whole one's the the one where you really feel can they do it it's can they do it then score, score prediction time we've, we've got these horribly wrong against Derby I think I said 2-2 and you said Cardiff would win 2-1 I, I really fancied Cardiff last night Yeah, I, I expected both teams to score um but yeah, it was just such a bad second half and those mistakes which nobody saw coming. So, oh, it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, I, I can't see Hull winning. I think I think Cardiff will be okay there. It's just whether they can nick a win or will it be a draw. But you know, we saw the five all with Hull at Bristol. They just I don't think it'll be five all. Yeah, no, I can't see that. But I, I must admit, for all of Hull's free scoring and defensive frailties, I still think it's going to be tight. Because I think a lot of people predicted two alls and two, three twos, lots of goals. I can't see that because Cardiff aren't creating lots of chances at the moment. Cardiff tend to let let teams have chances, but get the blocks in the last minute. So it might be an open game, but yeah. Cardiff make the last ditch tackles. Even Bambo's been slightly off form. You can see him coming back into form for a game like this. Yeah, I think you know you'd like to think that they've got the mistakes out of the way now in that derby game. So I think they'll be back to being solid at the back and. I'm going to get in first and say 2-1 Cardiff. 2-1 Cardiff. Well, I was going to go 1-0 because I think they'll keep a clean sheet. And then they fancy somebody to nick a goal. God knows who. I'm not even going to give a prediction on that <laughs> because it's so difficult to predict right now. So, yeah, I think I think they'll um I think the key is getting those mistakes out of the way now and just shutting up shop, keeping Hull out and nick a win 1-0. Well, we've got to stay positive. Cardiff fans, I know there's there's been a bit of doom and gloom mixed mixed in with the Keep the Faith merchants, and I think the, the latter of those two groups um, ought to win out after a sensational season. It's, Absolutely. It's all, approaching it's, it's all approaching its climax now, getting rather exciting for everyone involved. But of course, you can keep in touch with all the latest Cardiff City news on Wales Online. And you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and listen on walesonline.co.uk as well. From the both of us, though, for today. Thanks, Ian. Cheers, Dom. And we will be back with you for another one of these to preview the season's finale against Reading. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back with you very, very soon.